You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. This message is being broadcast over the emergency alert system at the request of the New York football giants. This is not a test. Please remain calm and stand by for the following important information. Welcome to an emergency broadcast of Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. Do not adjust your internet connection. I'm your host, the Football Grump. With me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and be sure to download and subscribe to Just Giants on iTunes and SoundCloud and follow the show on Twitter. (laughs) Well, first, happy Valentine's Day, my love. Yes, happy Valentine's Day. And the the thing is, you know, the Valentine's Day gift the Giants give their loyal fans is one Mike Shula as an offensive coordinator. And we just had too much to say to wait until our next regularly scheduled broadcast to discuss this higher. Yeah. So So, um, what was your initial reaction to the to the name? The first one was just, you know, we went right to the retread site uh, bin. You know, right out of the Norv Turner, Wade Phillips, you know, list of guys who just keep getting jobs and, you know, don't really do much of anything, but just seem to keep getting jobs. I mean, I remember growing up in Tampa in the 90s and just laughing my ass off at my friends who are all Buck fans with the ineptitude of the offense of the Tampa Bay Bucks in the late 90s. I mean, Tony Dungy got fired from a team that won the Super Bowl the next year and had tons of Super Bowl talent. Because his offense was pathetic. And we're, we're talking worse than the Giants' offense last year. And who was the mastermind of those offenses? Mike Shula. Mike Shula is the guy who couldn't cut it at Alabama. Um, amazing t- uh, fate in history. He was in the big recruiting battle with Florida for Tim Tebow. He lost that recruiting battle. He gets fired. So it's amazing how history kind of changed because of that. Um, you know, I know they're going to talk about, well, he's a great quarterbacks coach. Listen, I could be the quarterback coach for Cam Newton when he was coming out. The guy has got a unique skill set. And does anybody think that, you know, uh, Cam Newton has done a much better job from this point than he has as a rookie? I, I don't think so. I mean, he did nothing as, as a quarterback coach with the Dolphins, really next to nothing with Jacksonville. Um, I don't know. I, I just think it's just a, it's one of Gettleman's boys. He's bringing them over, but I just don't see how that's supposed to make anybody excited. Yeah. So my initial reaction was actually shock because he's just somebody so totally not on the radar. Um, but then the more I thought about it, it sort of made a little bit more sense because the Giants were blocked from interviewing Kevin Stefanski from Minnesota, which, you know, I'm not going to complain about that. It's part of the rules. Use it. So then my, my follow-up reaction was like, oh, so this is who we picked? Um, and full disclosure, I know very little about Mike Shula beforehand. Like, I, I knew who he was. I knew he was not a hugely successful offensive coordinator. 
now that I've done some research on him, I feel a little bit better about it, but there's still a lot of cons for me. So, um, well, the, the one big thing for me that I kind of will sleep better at night without being in a fit of rage is that um, Pat Shermer is still going to call the plays. Yes. So that tells me two things. One, this is going to be a Pat Shermer offense, not a Mike Schuler offense. And two, he's going to be calling the plays from play to play, series to series. So the influence of Mike Shula is not going to be what it was when he was the Bucks offensive coordinator or maybe even with Alabama. He's going to be more of a, you know, and I believe he's also going to be the quarterback coach as well. So his job is going to be, you know, short, short term work with Eli Manning to help him transition to a new offense. And then either Davis Webb or a draft pick or whoever be that guy to kind of, you know, bring him into the fold. So, right, right. So from my understanding, uh, and there's no real way for people to at least in this amount of time for somebody to really get to this conclusion. But from what I understand, Mike Shula is very good at coming up with creative plays and utilizing the skills that he has, not coming in with a system and forcing it to work the other way around. Um, He's just not good at calling those plays. So like you said, I feel a little bit better about that. What I also feel good about is him as a quarterback's coach. And I know Carolina fans think that's hilarious, but this is a guy who took David Garrard, David Garrard, and brought him in for a 64% completion rating, 18 touchdowns to three interceptions, and 102 passer rating on the year in 2007. Um, in the entire time that he worked with David David Garrard, his his percentage uh, his completion percentage never dipped below 61%. He was a Pro Bowler in 2009. This is crazy. I didn't even know David Garrard was a Pro Bowler. Um. And, you know, a lot of the success with Cam Newton right away has to do with his unique skill set. But as his production has declined, a lot of that also had to do with, and people are forgetting about this because it's a couple of years now, but the offense was changed to protect Cam Newton's health. There was a lot less designed running. And as a pocket passer, Cam Newton is not all that great. So even still... In the seven years he worked with Cam Newton, he got three Pro Bowls. Um, They won the division twice and the conference once and lost in the Super Bowl after going 15 and one. That's a lot of that's a lot we're putting on the offensive coordinator. No, no, no. I don't I don't want to fully put that on that. But there's no way that a team goes 15 and one with an offense that just doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that. It has to be at least competent. An- another thing that is is really important, I think, that that merges with the Pat Shermer calling the plays thing is that Mike Shula is a guy who leans pretty heavily on the run and play action, which is, I think, what they've been. The entire philosophy is being built here on getting the hog mollies to play the offensive line, leaning on the run and the play action, and so I feel I feel good with him working as a quarterbacks coach. Here's my big issue: is that this is a non-solution to the problem. So I get that Pat Shermer is calling the plays this year. That's not something I'm fully on board with. If you remember, we talked about this and I said I can deal with it for a year thinking that they're bringing in somebody like Kevin Stefanski who's never been an offensive coordinator to get used to the job for a year and calling pl- and learn to call plays for the next year. This guy is not going to continue 
Well, if if he's going to continue to not call plays, I don't want the head coach to continue calling plays year after year after year. Yeah, you can you can see this kind of playing out in the next couple of years, right? You can see after one year, you're going to probably see a very shaky offense this year. You know, you're transitioning to a new offense, offensive line. We have no idea what the offensive line is going to look like in September, but let's say you know underperforming, underwhelming. Let's say Eli takes a step back. Uh, people are going to be calling for. Shermer to give up play calling. Yeah. He gives up play calling next year to Mike Shula. Mike Shula has a track record of doing, I would say, below average play calling. Again, I'm thinking back to the time when he was with Tampa Bay, and I could even say a little bit of Alabama. He uh, doesn't have that one guy like a Cam Newton who can create something out of nothing, which solves a lot of problems. And you could see after a year or two the people calling for Mike Shula to go. I mean, it's just to me, you know, Save this little audio right now and go back in three years and tell me if this doesn't play out exactly that way. Yeah, I mean, or he's fired next year and then, you know, somebody like Kevin Stefanski comes in. That's that's fine, but I just don't see him downgraded to a quarterback's coach. And I, I you know, it, to me, it's now putting another year of Pat Shermer calling the plays or throwing somebody like Kevin Stefanski straight into the into the fire to call plays for the first time. Uh or, or he's stuck here and we're stuck with him calling plays. These all seem like bad solutions to me. This year, it'll probably be fine. Going forward, I just, you know, I don't see this as an optimal solution. That's that's my big con to this. I think this year it won't be so bad. Um, well, who knows? I mean, you know, something, let's say the Giants offense is halfway decent. Pat Schirmer decides I'm going to call plays next year because it was successful this year. Mike Shula realizes that it's a roadblock to his career, and he moves on too. So, you know, yeah, we're I mean, playing. A, we're, we're we're definitely playing the what if game and making these assumptions. But I don't see a path for long term success. Yes, with a guy like Mike Shula, with a in a key position within this offense. Yeah, and I have to agree. Um, I will say I'm not going to hold a grudge against Mike Shula for his time at Bama being that 2006, I was still in high school. <laughs> so I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying he was a Bama coach. So I hate his guts. I'm talking no, about, no, no. I just mean it, anything that was done then. Cause he was a very young head coach for college. I believe he was in his, was he even, in, he was in his thirties, but very he was young. In his mid, he was in his mid thirties. I mean, I think he got. I think he got that job based on the last name, not for you know anything he really had accomplished. Yeah. So so yeah, he probably got the job on last name and what have mm-hmm. you. But you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold him up for mistakes that were made from '03 to '06. It's such ancient history at this point. Uh, what I will look a lot on is what he's done at Carolina. Um, and Carolina has been competitive. I think they only missed the playoffs twice in the seven years that he was there uh, as, you know, with Cam Newton. And for what it's worth, I don't think Cam Newton's all that great as a passer, which is what we're going to no. be dealing with here in New York. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're assuming that. I mean, we don't know who they're going to draft. Yeah. Or if, if they decide to draft. So, I mean, based on current personnel and based on our history of what we're trying to do but when you have an all-new regime you know an all-new general manager a head coach different philosophy and based upon the talent that they get you know if if for some reason you know i'm not saying this is going to happen but like let's say they draft a lamar jackson or something and all of a sudden you have that guy 
who, you know, doesn't really fit into an offense. He kind of is his own offense. You know, I that just changes a lot of different things. I agree with you, but there's a couple things wrong with that. Is that one? I just don't see the Giants picking Lamar Jackson at two. And no, no, no. I, I meant like that type of guy. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, I, what other type of guys? Baker sort of runs a little bit, but well, it, well, that we're also assuming right now they're going to draft a quarterback at two. I mean, they could they could trade down, they could trade out of the top two, out of the top five, they could, you know, draft another quarterback in the second round. I mean, who knows? That's I'm, true. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that Mike Shula benefited from an offense for the last seven years with a quarterback that's nothing like the Giants have on their roster. I mean, and, I, okay. So here, here's here's the thing. Did did Mike Shula benefit from having Cam Newton, or did Cam Newton hurt Mike Shula? Because I think Cam Newton was doing very well with Mike Shula for a couple of years until the offense changed. It did. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Like once the offense was changed to save Cam Newton's health, he was like they they got off to a bad start that year, and he was like a crybaby in the media about it, like unprofessional, yeah. like and I I mean. I'll be perfectly candid. I think Cam Newton's a little bitch and I I <laughs> well <laughs> I mean I I I admire his running skill set, but as far as being a passer goes, I, I don't think he's that good. I mean if he if he couldn't extend plays, he would never survive in this league. Well also the talent he had around him too, that M- that MVP year. I mean, you know, he had a great tight end, he had good receivers, you know, good offensive line. It all kind of clicked. Yeah. But Again, his greatest skill set, his greatest asset is extending a play where there's nothing there. Yeah. You know, but I mean, do you want, is he a guy that, you know, you need to go 80 yards in the final minute and a half with no timeouts left? Is that your quarterback? Is he on your list in your top, you know, five quarterbacks, top 10 quarterbacks? Hell no. 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 So, yeah. So, they, to answer your question, you know, I'm not sure what the effect of Mike Shula had on Cam Newton was. And the protect Cam Newton, that's almost out of necessity more than anything else. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I think given a guy like Cam, it's not what Mike Shula wants to do with a guy with his skill set. It's just kind of what he has to do. Well, then if, if, we take, if we take him out of the equation, then he's very – he hasn't done much of anything. <laughs> I mean – Honestly, again, looking at a quarterback when he going back to when he had Trent Dilfer and he had Brad Johnson, that offense was pathetic. Trent Dilfer, people forget. Well, I mean, people remember rem- he was people remember people remember Trent Dilfer as you know, oh, this guy's a really smart NBA analyst, but people forget what a bust he was as a high first round draft pick. He sucked with Tampa. Yeah, it was terrible. But again, you're we're we're diving back to ninety six to ninety nine. I'm not even in high school yet. Right. So I'm not going to hold too much on that. What I'm going to say is outside of – and, and, you know, Trent Dilfer sucks. David Garrard is garbage. The fact that he made him a pro bowler is amazing. Right? Yeah. I mean, mean, he's worked with quarterbacks like Sean King. Like who are these people? Well, uh, pro bowlers, you know, we don't know. Was he named to the team after four guys got hurt? I mean, pro bowl, I don't take much stock at all in. I guess. But – you know, 18 touchdowns to three picks, 102 passer rating on a year, 64% completion rating. Never dips below 61%. That's pretty good for a guy like David Garrard. David Garrard's not a skilled guy. I mean, he's a fourth-round pick. That's true. I mean, again, what are we thinking Mike Shula is going to be for this team? Are I, we are we, look, are we focusing on him being quarterback coach? Or are we saying 
Or are we saying that he's, you know, he had one guy that was pretty decent in, in a, a career that's been now 20 years and has been largely, you know, substandard. I think that's that, why that's why I'm concerned. Right, right, and, and and I think I think with him as a quarterbacks coach, I'm okay. I think if he can coach a guy as bad as David Garrard up to being a, you know, playoff yeah. caliber starter, which is the truth, is what happened. Um, yeah. then then I'm okay with that. If he's if he's got to be an offensive coordinator for anything other than somebody like Eli Manning, I'm concerned. And, and I mean, and even Eli what? Manning isn't good enough to overcome bad play calling as we've seen the last year, two years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm iffy about it. I can deal with it for this year. It's okay. Going forward, I don't know how the fuck it's supposed to work. I think we also tend to get a little bent out of shape and overestimate the importance of your offensive and your defensive coordinator. This is going to come down to, you know, what type of offense is the head coach bringing? How is he going to control this team? How is he going to get this team to play for him? You know things like that, and and also, what is Dave Gettleman going to do to revamp this roster? So those, that's the bigger issues for this team more than the offensive coordinator. But you know, asking my opinion specific on him, I'm underwhelmed, and you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm lukewarm on it, but I mean, that's that's pretty much our hot take on it. Um, <laughs> next week, uh, you know, be be ready for your regularly scheduled programming, uh, which is the state of the roster as it is for the Giants on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and be sure to follow us on Twitter for stuff like this. I'm at football underscore grump and all of these broadcasts and podcasts, whatever you want to call them are being bumped at, shit, at just giants. Shit shows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unorganized mess um, at just giants pod where you can find all that stuff there. You can find me as always on Twitter at the cranky fan. Uh, be sure and give us a five-star rating and a nice review on iTunes. The more people that do so, the more giant fans we can connect with. So we'd appreciate that. All right. I hope you all have a good President's Day weekend if you're off. I will not be, so fuck you. <laughs> all right, everyone. Go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.